0: Hi and welcome along to 98 Round, the home of cricket chat on both YouTube and on the podcast and of course on 98FM, Phoenix 98FM. Remember to subscribe, like this video and follow us across all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you name it, we are there. This week we're talking to Mr. George DeBell. Uh, He's written a really good article in the July edition of The Cricketer about Kevin Peterson and his ideas for franchising county cricket. A really good chat. Let's get into it. Uh, the July edition of The Critter is out, as we've been mentioning several times now on the show. And one of the most interesting articles, in fact, there's lots of interesting articles and lots of people that are writing for this magazine that make even this show blush. Um, but one of the more interesting pieces in this month's magazine is from our good old friend, George the Bell, who ha- is analysing Kevin Peterson's proposals for a rebranding, a restructuring of County Cricket. So um, you don't need to hear my voice to talk about this. Let's hear from George. George, welcome to 98.0. Thanks for having me back. So for those that don't know, shall we start by just saying what uh, Mr. Peterson is proposing?
1: Yes. Well, Ke- Kevin, inspired by uh, whenever he sees some suboptimal cricket in, in on the feeds across the championship or whatever else in the county game, tends to tweet about it and say, this is everything that's wrong. Too many cricketers, got to franchise it. Uh, And and the particular example that he took was Ben Stokes, who's really quite good at cricket, uh, thrashing Josh Baker, who I think is 19, uh, for 34 and over. And he was like, you know, look at the standard of bowling. I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was basically using that as an example of what is wrong with county cricket. And that bothered me a bit. Uh, I should say, first of all, that I, I like Kevin and I respect Kevin. And I respect the fact that he's prepared to have an opinion. I respect that he cares and he has that passion. And I think I, in the article, I referred to him as a disruptor. He always was, uh, in, in a wonderful way. You know, he changed lots of things. I mean, I, I used to have a column with Graham Hick and I remember Graham Hick, well, I didn't really, Graham wrote it himself, but we used to talk about it a bit each week. And I, I remember when Kevin switch hit Murley, the six in a test match at uh, Edgerton, and Graham Hick genuinely was struggling to believe it. I think he told me that he had faced a whole series against Murray without scoring a run off him, which sounds like a remarkable thing, and I should probably check it before I say it, but I think that's what he said to me. And he was like, he, you know, Graham Hick was obviously an incredible player and he couldn't believe the talent and the um, bravery and all the rest of it that could um, result in this amazing shot. And that's been Kevin the whole way through. And as someone who in particular in recent months has had quite a bit of flack on social media, not least for the stuff related to Azeem, Um, I, I, I admire him for having the passion of his convictions. I really do. And I and, um, and with everything he's achieved, I think he deserves a fair hearing. But, <laughs> you knew there was one coming. But I thought it was really harsh to on, pick on Josh Baker. I, I, as I say, I think he's 19. He's learning his trade. He's bowling against a really good player. Absolutely in the top of his game. You know, who, who we've seen do that to, I don't know, Cummins. And, or, or do you, we've seen him do it to the best bowlers in the world. We've seen him win a World Cup final. We've seen him win tests. We've seen the man... Uh, create miracles quite often. And uh, actually, it's quite good that Josh Baker is learning his trade, playing for Worcestershire on an unhelpful surface. It wasn't a bad over. He didn't bowl any full tosses or long hops. He kept on trying to get uh, Ben Stokes out, just Ben Stokes catching him before a <laughs> six, six, maybe. <laughs> um, so I thought it was very harsh to pick on him as an example. But more to the point, I thought it was clumsy. So I, I suspect. Well, he says, let's franchise county cricket as if that would help. Now, let's take that literally at first. Why would that help? Why would it help to just have different ownership? Is the ownership the problem? I, I suspect that's not what he means. And if it is what he means, he should remember that uh, if you have a different ownership structure, if you have you know, basically shareholders, owners, they're probably gonna be looking for return, a return beyond producing good players, Hoping they're going to win your team games and represent England with distinction—that's basically what you're hoping for as a county cricket member. As soon as you have, uh, you allow the game to be franchised, you have all sorts of other agendas, other motivations. And I think one of the ironies is, if, if county cricket was uh, franchised, Kevin would have struggled to make it because he was a late developer, obviously a, a great player. But he didn't turn up in England as a great player. He turned up in England as a second-rate spinner offie. playing for Canuck, uh, developed into a bit of a hacker, and then went from there into a really, really good, fantastic batter, as good as it gets. And he might not have had the chance to do that in a system with fewer teams, in a system which was less likely to invest time in a player, so that was one thing. The other thing was, would Ben Stokes be playing in a franchise system? Bear in mind that he chose not to play at the IPL. Would that be an option? If you were working in a franchise system where actually the franchise owners, they're increasingly they're the same people operating across countries. <clears throat> Sorry. But I suspect that Kevin didn't mean franchise in, a, in, that, uh, in that way. I suspect he meant it a bit clumsily and he just meant there should be fewer teams. Uh, because lots of people think that. You hear it all the time. My good friend, and I mean that sincerely, Don Topley says that all the time, says that there isn't enough talent. You know, you, you, it would be better if it was condensed. It would be the best to be the best. And I get the logic, but it's flawed logic because there is no finite amount of talent in society. If we give more players the chance to develop and impress, we will develop more players. And the great example, the example that is staring us in the face is Durham, the latest team to join the county championship, has produced, well, the England captain for a start, but all those fast bowlers, Mark Wood, Steve Harmison, whoever else you want to mention, uh, Potts I suppose, being the latest, that maybe would have slipped through the net otherwise. And this is the thing that's so important that I want people to sort of think about, is that if we have all these centres of excellence around the country, if we have... Coaches going into community, spotting, nurturing talent, giving them opportunities to play at professional level. We will develop more players. Now, is every team, is every county doing this to optimum at the moment? No. No, I can't pretend they are. But is, can that system work? Definitely. Can it work better than a franchise system? Yep. Are there advantages over cutting the number of teams and just shrinking the games? Yes, I passionately believe there are. But that was my issue with what Kevin said. But I, it comes from a, a position, genuinely, of great respect, and I admire him for having the courage to stick his neck up and uh, having the passion to voice his opinions. It has been a lot more... Um,
0: obviously, we've had this kind of hiatus of people using social media as a vehicle for their opinions uh, of all sorts, obviously, since the whole Azeem episode and various other bits and pieces that have gone on that have gone on, and people that once were very, very vocal on social media, Michael Vaughan being another one, kind of retreated into their shell, probably to have a good think about what they were trying to do and what they were trying to achieve. But Kevin seems to have come back with a vengeance. I don't think he ever really went away. I think you're right in your assessment of him as a man that he's he's always passionately believed in himself and what he's doing is, in in his opinion, is right. And, and, And the way he played when he first came on, I think his period... Uh, of playing for England was a great period for English cricket, and I think um, we were a bit poorer um, when he went away, and it, it, there was a changing direction of the English team. But this time, he does seem to be more widespread. I, I saw him on a Barmy Army chat uh, podcast the other day talking about these ideas. Um, what do you think? Do you think if we have less counties, it's going to it's going to improve? Uh, is, is that the answer to the, 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 the mess that we find ourselves in with Red Bull cricket?
1: No, I think it's the mission of defeat. I, I, I really uh, don't think that at all. But I, I, I say again, I, I like the fact that he's prepared to do it. He is obviously quite thick skinned because, um, yeah, I mean, I've seen both sides of social media. I, I, I'm very aware uh, on a much smaller scale that uh, there have been times in my career where I've had far too much praise and, Certainly, times have had too much criticism as well, and 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 you know, you sort if you experience both, you sort of become immune to either. I think so. It might be that that's what's happened with him. Otherwise, you just go mad, <laughs> uh, or, or you go off social media. And you you know, it's a tool of what I do certainly, um, uh, and he might feel the same thing. And he he probably does some really good things over social media. You know, he whatever you think of him, his dedication towards conservation and stuff he doesn't have to do that he doesn't have to do that so so bloody good for him it's like when people criticize him both but obviously there's a lot to criticize him both for at times fine you know he did raise all that money for charity No one made it a lot of people retire and don't do that <laughs> you know so I, I i'm full of respect for, for actually for both of them even if i don't agree with them all the time but sorry to get round to answering your question there's no reason that just cutting things will make things better if you're if, If you're sort of arguing that you're distilling the talent, so you're picking the best, I don't know, 90 players out of the championship, okay, and you've had a game tomorrow, a series tomorrow, okay, there's a little bit of logic in that. But what you're not doing is you're not then providing the developmental tools. You're not having people like Stuart Broad who are given that great opportunity early in their career. James Taylor's another one. Rian Ahmed is a current example I've named three players who I think will all play for Nottinghamshire or have played for Nottinghamshire (laughs) who started at Leicestershire because they're getting game time. They're getting first-class cricket or or, or professional cricket at an age where they probably wouldn't be getting it. And uh, they're playing against good players. They're playing with good players. They're learning all the time. I know you might say you could do that in second-11 cricket, but it's not the same. It's not the same intensity. Uh, You don't get the same quality of players. It's not the same. Uh, it's it's different when it has first-class status, when it has this day status, whatever. So I I just think it's a mistake to, to think that, look, quick solutions are the best solutions. It's like getting rich quick. God, that must be the best way to get rich. The only reason it's got a bad reputation is because it's simplistic. And it's the same with this. You know, just the idea, have fewer teams, we'll distill the talent. We won't. We'll find less talent. Instead, we should be urging, empowering the counties to get out in the community more and not rely just on the private schools in their region and find some more talent. We should be very interesting to watch. I think the last time I checked, I was watching the Saka school, South Asian Cricket Academy. They played against North Ham's second. They scored 400 or so on the first day. I think they bowled up for 460. This is Saka. And the last time I looked, North Ham's was something like 60 to 7. Mm. These are lads who slipped through the net in the Saka academy. It slipped through the net for whatever reason, and they're now being given another go. And I think it's been proved that there's an awful lot of talent that we haven't uh, we haven't optimised yet. Uh, and I would rather see us do that. I'd rather look at doing that than, than cut the number of teams and make it more exclusive. That is not the right way to go. There's all sorts of other things you could do. You know, if you don't like the blast, great, put it in two divisions. If you think it's too long, great, play over hundred balls. Couldn't give a toss. Genuinely. Cricket, bloody love it, love it, do yeah. But I would like more teams to be playing at every level. And I don't think it's, I just don't accept it's true that the amount of talent is finite. It's not in anything, is it? The, the amount of money in society is not finite. You get more out of things if you develop them, if you give them a chance, if you invest in them. And I think it's the same thing. So I think it's simplistic thinking, but I worry it's thinking that is winning the day. I worry that, um, yeah, that, that that I worry that we have people running English cricket who don't have much imagination and, and maybe not even vast amounts of intelligence, uh, and that they have sort of lost faith in the product. It seems to me, but so many players come from the teams which would be cut, and I'm not sure that they would just go to other teams and be better. I think they might just be lost on the way, and there, are, there are, you, you can think of lots of examples. You know, if you if you cut to twelve counties okay we can all think of two or three that would probably be the first to go and let's be honest Leicestershire Northampton, and Derby would all be in trouble but the, that, that's quite a big area of the Midlands where you're losing teams I'm sure you still got Warwickshire sure you've still got sure Nottingham sure I suppose but then then let's look at the others let's look at the others who would go a Sussex safe I don't know a, mm. a Somerset a Somerset yeah. safe or Worcestershire safe well they're not are they so you're gonna be making some really really big decisions and you're not going to be making them on merit because you're going to decide, oh, test grounds, they'll be all right. So you're going to keep them all good who haven't produced, you know, who aren't produced, haven't produced players. Maybe there's, you know, a few sides of them going in the right direction now. Um, you, you, it's not done on merit still. And yeah, there, there are so many things about franchises or, or, or uh, smaller competitions. You'll end up selecting players because they're familiar rather than because they're good. Will the people be as willing to take chances on unknown players? I don't know. I think it'll be really, really difficult. Will they be willing to take chances on second-time rounders, people like Kevin, who actually missed out the first time round? And there's loads of them. Jack Leach in the England side. Uh, Rory Burns, I think, uh, went through the university system. You know, there's all sorts of people who come to the game at different times, different stages. I just think we're making our games smaller.
0: Graham Swan, that's another one.
1: Right. So all, all, all sorts of places. I mean, there, there, there literally are dozens. Um, yeah. and we've already done this a bit, you know. I, I, I'm I, very um, uh, nervous about the decision a couple of years ago to get rid of the MCCU scheme. Uh, you know, 25% of England qualified first class cricketers were at some stage going through that scheme. It doesn't mean that they wouldn't have come through without it. But it was played a part. And, and it wasn't just played a part in producing cricketers with a slightly more rounded world view, which I think is helpful. What it was really doing is helping at the other end of the system when they're spat out of the sport, age thirty-two with a dodgy back and, you know, rubbish hamstrings and don't have any jobs. And that, that is so much more of a problem, you know, than people realise because we don't like to talk about these things because they're very personal and we don't necessarily want to talk about our childhood heroes who's now homeless or whatever. But, um, but it happens, I can absolutely guarantee it to you. That it happens and it doesn't happen that rarely. Um, I yeah, anyway, I better not go into any more detail there. But the point <laughs> being that, uh, I, I think that there is our game should be embracing more, not uh, cutting and getting smaller. I don't think that's the way to go at all. One of Kevin's points that he made about his
0: proposed uh, franchises, whatever you want to call it, his revamp of the county setup, um, was encouraging counties that apparently are flush with money to pay to get big-name stars in to play Red Bull cricket. And that way, um, county players would, by playing alongside these great names, would
1: then flourish in their own right. Well, he's um, got a point. I mean, no doubt, no doubt. Um, he would have learnt by playing... Who, who did he play alongside? Chris Cairns, um, yeah. for example. Uh, um, Hussey, uh, Fleming. I can't remember who would have played uh, in those formative stages of his career. I mean, I think as a club cricketer, he would have played for Laurie Potter. No doubt he learned from that as well, and, uh, uh, and all these things. No doubt that's true. Uh, you'll have more room to do that with more teams. Uh, and the idea that suddenly there's going to be space in the window and that money is going to be found to play first class cricket when there are all these competing demands. The IPL is not going to go away, it might, you know, it's just got longer. Yeah. why wouldn't it go longer and longer yeah uh, 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 but it's not just I mean the, you've got the CPL you've got you've got quite a lot of competitions which are encroaching ever more on the English season it seems a bit naive. and then of course bilateral cricket you know, Commonwealth Games all, all sorts of things which could eat into English um, it seems naive again simplistic again to think that you're suddenly going to be able to invest in these players who are going to come across it does happen of course it does you know Ambler being an example, but before that, we, we, you know, Graham Smith. I mean, Surrey had done this for a few years, haven't they? They've basically had role model pros. But, you know, they're, they're, it's not as if most of the great players in international history have not played in catch cricket at some stage. It, it used to be part of their finishing school, and it would be lovely if it was again, no doubt about it. Um, you know, Virat was meant to play, wasn't he, a couple of years ago? Yeah. Mm. Um, and will be hugely welcome if or when he wants to. So, it, you know, there's, there's, again, logic in what he's saying up to a point, but it's simplistic to think that someone's going to say, OK, I'm going to invest millions of pounds in, you know, buying Worcestershire and uh, getting these players to come across. Because there'll always be a way that you can make money more easily than investing. I think, in first-class cricket. The counter game isn't really about making money in itself. The counter game is... Partly exists for its own ends, absolutely. It's an entertainment product. I love it. I'm not having to go at it. Um, But it's also there to develop England players. And you can only really judge it and its success and its financial viability when you look at the whole of English cricket. Because you can't just say to me that uh, county cricket survives on handouts. Anyone who's still saying that is willfully ignorant at this stage. It It is simplistic at best, but I would say willfully ignorant. It's a symbiotic relationship with the national side. England doesn't get to sell huge broadcast fees on the basis of the England side unless you've got a county system that's developing players. So, therefore, the counties get rewarded for developing the players, which then are sold by the ECB in the broadcast bundle. That, that's how it works. Now, some counties are doing it better than others. You know, I can't pretend that's not true. Some counties are doing brilliantly, some counties are, are really struggling and have struggled historically. Maybe that could be looked at. Maybe 18 isn't the optimum number. Maybe, maybe it isn't. I do think that counties have to sink for their supper. But maybe 21 is the optimum number. Maybe, maybe there should be more. But the idea at the moment that, that there are these terribly simple, quick solutions and they're just cutting the numbers, finding investors who would, you know, uh, do these things, it is, uh, um, yeah, I, simplistic is one word, but actually it's slightly worrying as well, you know, if you get, if you sell these counties to investors, how long before they just say, you know what, it's a really difficult way to make a living. Why don't we build houses here? And, and that's my been my worry about North Hans for a while. North Hans is run by people who are, who are property developers. Uh, I believe they've had the covenant on the ground lifted. They've had the ground valued. They lied about it categorically uh, when I read a story about it eight years ago or something like that. They had uh, plans for another ground on the outskirts of town drawn up and they didn't tell the truth about it. Now they do tell the truth about it now and it's not an unreasonable thing to do, by the way, to move grounds. I think they were talking about building a ground with a roof, brilliant, brilliant, ambition. But, um, but why lie about it? Mm-hmm. So my worry would be that uh, as soon as you make money, the motivation, you're gonna lose a lot of what makes county cricket very, very special. And I love the membership structure, which I think pervades 15 of the 18 counties. And I think there's something um, wholesome and altruistic and long-sighted and selfless about it that understands that actually what you're trying to do is create good teams and create good cricketers for England. And that's so much more rewarding than, you know, uh, a, a dividend at the end of the share year.
0: Yeah, and i think also the, the danger for, for us as cricket lovers is the fact that you start doing things like this you start creating franchises you start turning them into profit and loss balance sheet run businesses you're going to it doesn't take much to upset traditional cricket fans that would absolutely alienate the people that are bristling about the hundred and don't then dismiss the t20s bish bash bosh this would um, send them scurrying back into the shires
1: Well, well, it might. I mean, I I think that um, you know, a traditional cricket fan myself. I think that the problem is that you feel sort of disrespected. Uh, I think that the ECB could have taken people on the journey a lot better. I don't. I. I sort of. um, I. I, I'm uncomfortable with the idea of uh, county cricket fans as always traditional and change. I I don't recognise that really. There might be an element of that from some, of course, but, you know, List A cricket started in the English county game in 1963. And T20 started in the county game in 2000. There were lots of other ideas over the years which have started in the county game and have been welcomed and valued and um, cheered on by supporters. I just thought, actually, they called that bullshit when they saw it. I don't think it was sort of this reactionary... Uh, refusal to accept change. I, I think people embrace change just fine, but when they smell a rat uh, and and they're wondering why things have been changed and it all seems unnecessary, and then you realise that nearly everybody who speaks a good game about the hundred has been paid by the bloody hundred. That's when you start to get really frustrated. So I'm still of the view that the hundred, as cricket, is kind of fine. You know, the competition. In, in, it has its positives, and, and, and there was something good there about trying to attract a new audience, but there's absolutely no reason at all that it couldn't have been done with the existing T20 teams and, and formula. Uh, maybe you would want to go promotional relegation. I certainly would have done But I, I suspect, you see, it was a, 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 an attempt to reduce the number of teams by stealth. I still think that it was. I still think that's what's happening. Hmm. It's, it's, it's the motive that dare not speak its name. And, and I don't particularly, you know, there, there, are, there are logical reasons for thinking there are too many uh, teams. I don't agree, but it's it's possible. Um, but I just wish there was a bit more honesty about it. it Let, let's have the different. debate. And that's why that's why I go back to KP. That's why I admire what he's saying and doing. I don't agree with him, but let's have the bloody debate. Let's have the debate in public rather than do what Colin Graves is trying to do. Which is do it by stealth. He's been chair of the ECB. Stansdale gets involved with a private equity company that is pushing, promoting um, franchise cricket in England. KP's doing it upfront and honest. Got nothing but respect for that.
0: Well, I've learned everyone listening and watching to this to go and buy the July edition of the cricketer. In fact, go one better than that and subscribe because it doesn't. Oh, yeah. Hey,
1: look, on my. twitter feed there is a special offer which which is um is unique to me um and i can't remember how much it is but it's something like 40 quid a year but for thirteen. i mean that genuinely that is a bargain (laughs) Uh, you know uh so i think it's 41 pounds a year for 13 i mean that's that's quite good value i know that who's got any money at the moment (laughs) we should see how much hotel rooms cost at the moment (laughs) but yeah, so, um, yeah, that, that's very kind of you to say, by the way. But, um, you know, you forget because there's such a, a lag. I've already written my column for the uh, issue following. So, so I would have written that KPPs quite a long time ago and there would have been a few <laughs> other pieces in between. But that's very kind of you. And, and and thank you, as ever, for having me on. It's always a pleasure. No, it's always, always, uh, always great
0: to talk to you, George. So everyone, one, follow George on Twitter. Two, take up his bargain subscription because I mean, not just you get the quality of George, but there's so many other fantastic contributors. It really, really is a superb publication. And if you love your cricket, um, it is an absolute must. And let us know what you think on George's Twitter, on our Twitter, on our YouTube, whatever. Let us know what you think about what Kevin is putting forward and uh, what we've been talking about uh, today, George and myself, what do you think of, uh, of our discussion? It's a great debate, and as George says, we need to be talking out in the open about these things and really understand. Uh, And if if views need to be challenged, then let's challenge them. If they need to be agreed with and encouraged, let's do the same. But uh, either way, it's always a pleasure. George, many thanks for giving us your time. I know you're busy, and
1: um, enjoy the Test Match. Brilliant. Really looking forward to it. Nice to talk.